Welcome to the Aron Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. It's immoral to let a sucker keep his money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that kind of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's guy. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple mind, people, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready? Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome back to the Around Sports Podcast. NFL Week 2 coming here. Frank Arone, as always, your host. Uh, joined, as always, by uh, Rob Arone from Vegas. How's it going tonight there, Robert? Oh, not too bad. Hanging in there. Working. Trying to trying to make that money. Save that money. I hear you're getting a little late start here on a Tuesday night. It's about 11 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Vegas time. Uh, hopefully get her done here by about midnight or so and your boy can get a little sleep. But, uh, you know, better, once, better late than once never. you get the pod ready to roll, you know, you got to get the opinions out there to the people. That's right. Uh, let's uh, start it off here uh, with a little weekend recap of uh, week one. The weekend recap. All right. So did you end up uh, releasing any official plays in or com or no? No, I did not actually. A few things I was uh... – Thinking about it a little bit, but never actually moved on anything. I, it's just hard for me, especially week one, when there's just, the lines are up for that long. You just kind of feel like you're losing a little bit of value because it has the market has so long to shape the line. So, not that it means I'm not going to move on something if I don't see value, but it just seems like it's a little bit more slim pickings than you'd like in say this week or you know the weeks coming here in the next first half of the season. So no, I didn't end up moving and had a few opinions, but nothing uh, pretty much about even on. You know, I would have broke about even for if I would have bet anything or what I would have done. So it's probably a good, good thing I didn't uh, get cut up by the juice. Yeah, I know for me the uh, the two picks there that I released on Twitter early. If you would have got the lines right at open, uh, you would have gone push loss. You would have bet them at close there right on. You know, any time in the last few weeks, you would have gone uh, win loss and broke even, just juiced out like you're saying. But uh, I didn't end up actually putting out any official releases either. Uh, it was pretty close, but but didn't quite get there. Um, I know in terms of the picks of the week, I think we both got ours home. I know my Chicago uh, snuck through there by a point. And uh, what, what did you, you had Philadelphia, I believe? Correct. So, yeah, I got uh, that home a little bit easier, but although got a little dicey there at the end. But, yeah. Um, so, yeah, both both got a win on the picks of the week. It's a good, good start. Anybody who's been following those is uh, – up a couple units there to begin the year, so hopefully we can keep that trend going. But uh, overall, yeah, for the most part, from a wagering standpoint for both of us, it was a you know, fairly uneventful weekend. But basically week one for the most part is you know gathering information, watching, seeing what you uh, think is likely to be repeated here in the future and, and what uh, is kind of a mirage that you could maybe get a little value betting against. So I think that's kind of the, the main goal there. Uh, week one is just kind of be a spectator and, and pick out what you can. So with that being said, let's uh, take that knowledge and head forward here to week two and and uh, start looking at these games. Uh, first on the slate here we got is the Thursday night affair between Houston at uh, Cincinnati. Uh, looks like 
We got Cincinnati at about six and a half point favorites with a total of 38 or so. Pretty low total there. What uh, so this this week will are you going to revert back to doing your um, you know, power ratings, look ahead lines, uh, line movement, any of that or? Yeah, yep. I got all that on my sheet here. I'm ready to, to read it off. I'll I'll just go down the list. I got my guess, uh, my power rating, what the Westgate opened at, and then we can do the look ahead lines. Uh, if for new listeners that don't know, the look ahead lines essentially what uh, the game would have been the week before is what they posted on like the Wednesday before. So almost about a week now, uh, five days, I guess to be exact, what they would have posted the game at if it were playing that day. So you can kind of just get a feel. It's, it's good to get a, it's a good indicator just to get a feel for what, how much it changed in one week. You can see if something's overreacting, underreacting, you know, et cetera. So we'll uh, add that in there just for the listener. All right. That sounds good. So go ahead. Yeah. So the first one, Houston, Cincinnati, my guess was Cincy minus three. Power rating was Cincy minus two, and it opened Cincy minus three, and look at it was Cincy minus three, and just, we talked about this before the podcast started here, but just constant Cincy money. I don't know if that's because of the Watson uh, move for quarterback over your boy Savage or or what, but yeah, like you said, sitting at six, six and a half, and even six and a half at the sharper books I'm looking at, so I won't be surprised if this moves all the way up to seven, so I'm not sure exactly why it's moving that much. Even by my power rating, I think it's kind of a little inflated, especially now. So I'm kind of chomping a little bit to get, especially if we get to seven. So I guess we'll see. But right now I'm kind of just going to wait and see how high I can get. Uh, but I'm definitely not going to be laying, laying points with Cincy here in this situation. I can guarantee that after that. It was a pretty bad performance against Baltimore last week, but more so just for the fact that I just, I'm just i kind of low on this team as it was uh, even the end of last year and going into this season. So it's kind of not uh, too high on this team. So be looking at Houston here, and if I do release anything, just uh, maybe probably before game game time looks like. Cause I don't think Houston's going to get a lot of support. Yeah, this uh, this kind of baffles me. I mean, my guess here was Cincy minus three and a half, and I figured maybe just give them the half point for the uh, uncertainty of quarterback or you know the Watson inexperience. Even though I don't think he's much, if any, of a downgrade from Savage, so there's no way he's worth you know there's no way Savage is worth three and a half points to this line. So I just don't, this kind of baffles me. Um, can you see uh, uh, when this line shot up here? Or, um, do you have that up right now or? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just kind of been steady, but uh, oh, okay. let me see if I go, so, to, if I go to the Westgate, looks like three is what it opened at on the 11th yesterday morning is what they opened it at. And then kind of just keep, keep that doesn't make sense i don't i think they released it before that but the program must have pulled in slowly but yeah they opened it at three and then just kind of kept going up all throughout yesterday got to four and then this morning got to five and then all throughout the day it just keeps going to six and a half so it's honestly every you know few hours it kind of just moves up a half a point and keeps climbing so it wasn't you know like one specific piece of information that no, shot this it, up so yeah, it's, it wasn't one it is kind of baffling anything. um you know where exactly that came from but uh, like i said i I have no interest in laying the points with Cincy, but it's also when something happens like that, it's almost scary to fade that that move. Although I think that's where the value's at here. So if if there's not something we don't know about, um, you know, I think six and a half is pretty solid value on Houston. I, both the teams looked awful last week, so yeah, exactly. It's not like it's not like there's really an edge there either way. And I coming into the year, I think a lot of people have said Houston's probably going to be a better team than Cincy, so. Uh, this is just just a strange, strange move. This is a a good opportunity to, you know, follow Roan Sports on Twitter, and uh, if the week goes on, if there's something that kind of explains this line movement, that maybe there's somebody's ahead of the market, or, or there's something that we're not seeing here, um, you know, 
we'll tweet out to clarify that as the week goes on so you don't end up jumping in on Houston on some false information. But uh, as far as this game goes, we talked about this all last year. The Thursday nighters are just, for the most part, pretty sloppy on the short week and seem fairly unpredictable. So uh, I think both of us kind of agree we have to have a pretty strong edge before we're going to jump in on a Thursday night game. And uh, this Houston team I don't totally trust even though I don't trust Cincy either. Um, this is just kind of a pretty easy stay away for me for the most part. The total is pretty low, but uh, I don't trust either of these offenses to score a whole lot after last week either. And they've got a couple good defenses, but it's also hard to take a total under 38. So um, I'll be on the sidelines for this one almost almost for sure. Uh, let's head over to the Sunday games. Uh, we got Tennessee, Jacksonville. Not the, not the most uh, sexy game, but it'll be interesting to see if Jacksonville can keep her going or... Um, Tennessee can bounce back. Uh, what did you What did you have for this one? It looks like right now Tennessee's at about two two and a half point favorite with a total of forty three or so. Yeah, my guess here was Tennessee minus two and a half power rating. Tennessee one Westgate open one. Look headline was Tennessee minus two and a half. Yeah, it looks like a little bit less, you know, anywhere from one and a half to two and a half, depending on the book. Uh, even Pinnacle sitting at two and a half right now, which is a sharper book and is an indicator of where it's going. So not surprisingly, it looks like this line's probably gonna be going to Tennessee minus three. It, I don't know. It's uh, everything kind of fits right into where my power rating and everything else is. So I probably have a small lean towards Tennessee under three here uh, would be where I'd be looking. Just the fact that I think they have a bounce back week. I'm not really sold on Jacksonville. They looked decent last week, uh, especially everyone's hyping about their defense and. But I mean, it's still it's still Bortles and it's still Jacksonville, so I'm not uh, I'm not too sold on that team yet. So I would uh, like to have them prove it against someone like Tennessee. So like I said, I think I'd be looking towards the Tennessee side, not super strong, but uh, I'm not definitely not going to put my money on Jacksonville unless this number gets out of control. Yeah, that's what my guess for this one was Tennessee minus three. I was just kind of confused, like who's? I mean, there might be a little bit of sharp play on Jacksonville, but. It's hard to imagine they're going to draw like any public money on Jacksonville because I just I don't think people are going to be buying into Bortles yet. So at under three, uh, it's just I don't think they're going to attract a whole lot of Jacksonville money. That being said, I don't know if I totally want Tennessee. Um, that's the way I'd look as well at anything under three. But um, you know they didn't look particularly impressive against Oakland last week, and Jacksonville, while I think it was fairly fraudulent, uh, specifically from Bortles, I don't trust him anymore. But their, you know, their defense is solid, and you know if they can get the running game going at all, maybe they don't need Bortles that much, and and it's not like Tennessee can overpower them by any means. So um, I most likely won't be involved in this one either. But uh, it'll be interesting to kind of to see how this one plays out to see if Tennessee is maybe a weaker team than a lot of people had pegged them as coming in, or if Jacksonville, you know, gets to two and zero and is maybe a little bit stronger than most people thought. So I think that's uh, about all I got on that one. Not uh, not super interested in that from a betting perspective. Next game we got up is Cleveland at Baltimore. Looks like Baltimore is about a 7.5 point favorite with a total of 39.5-40. Yeah, it looks like the total just got hit here at Canner and moved uh, from 40 to 39.5. So it looks like a little bit of money coming on that under. Uh, but yeah, my guess here, Baltimore minus 8, power rating Baltimore minus 7. Opener at the Westgate, Baltimore minus seven and a half. Look ahead was Baltimore minus seven. So yeah, another thing. Do you wanna do you wanna lay this many points with Baltimore? They would they took care of Cincy, like what they needed to do what they needed to do. They went in there and took care of business and left, but it definitely wasn't super impressive by any means. It's kinda of one of those 
things. I won't be surprised either way. They could be better than I expect or worse. It's, I think you got to just watch more football. They're football, so we'll see moving forward. But I'm definitely not super sold on Baltimore. And then Cleveland, and people are saying, oh, you know, Cleveland's got a little bit of life in them. And, but who knows with Pittsburgh, there's still a lot of penalties they committed last week and a lot of other things that definitely could have made Cleveland look better than they are. And I know we kind of got tricked into that. They looked decent at times last year too, but or at least like some sheds of decency with uh, you know one quarter, one half. But they just can't play a full game, and we'll see what Kaiser's like. But this is a game I'm—I really don't want to get involved in at all. The total is super low. That's where I don't want it right in here. It's things where it probably should be, and don't really want to lay this many points at Baltimore, like I said. And I don't know if I want to back Cleveland at at a price like this because I'm not—they might—I think they're still pretty bad. So I think it's pretty easy, easy pass, and not really too fun to watch either. Yeah, I guess Baltimore uh, laying eight in this one, and. I've basically every week for you know a, a handful of weeks I've uh, been a little bit low on guessing the games against Cleveland and I always seem to seem like there's a couple points of value but I didn't uh, this one was pretty much right on so I know it's, I think that's the way I'd look would be to take the points with Cleveland but I don't think you're I don't think you're it's really inflated that much from what I usually think in Cleveland games so um, I I basically said last week. Uh, Cleveland for me is pretty dependent on Deshaun Kaiser, whether he's uh, serviceable or at all or not a quarterback. And last week wasn't really a conclusive uh, statement either way by him. He had a couple of decent plays, but he also had a couple of pretty horrible plays, which you kind of expect out of a rookie, but uh, definitely didn't give me quite enough confidence in him to really come back on him this week with a whole lot of uh, certainty. On the other hand, though, Baltimore even though they took it to Cincy pretty good, their offense was not super impressive for the most part. I know Macklin had that one uh, long touchdown there, but other than that, they're, they're, I think Flacco ended the game like f- uh, five of his last 12 or something like that and was hardly moving the ball at all. And then, you know, not that it's a huge injury, but Woodhead's out now for a handful of weeks, so it's not like they have a whole lot of firepower to begin with. Um, so for a pretty weak offense, even though their defense played good, that's over seven is a lot to lay for Baltimore. So I would lean Cleveland here again, but uh, I don't think strong enough to get to the window. And like you said, both these offenses are fairly weak and both their defenses are pretty good. So your natural inclination would be to lean under, but at 39 and a half 40, it's pretty tough to do an NFL game too, even though there was a pretty big under trend last week. Uh, but I think at some point that's probably going to be likely to turn around here as the offenses catch up a little bit and the defenses wear down. So, I don't know. I just another game that I mean, I'm not particularly that interested in betting either. Next game up we got is Buffalo at Carolina. Looks like Carolina's 7-point favorite and 42.5 the total. Yeah, here I had Carolina minus 7 as my guess. Power rating, Carolina minus 6. Opener, Carolina minus 8. And the look ahead was 8 as well. Still sitting 7, 7.5. It's kind of similar to the last game almost with with Baltimore. You have a team that kind of didn't look too impressive to me first week in Carolina and kind of just got the job done. They didn't do anything too flashy, just got in there, didn't play that great of a team. Uh, I mean, Cincy's obviously a decent team, but uh, Carolina playing the Niners like that, it wasn't super impressive. Like I said, just get the job done. And uh, But I think Carolina's got a little bit more tougher of a challenge here against Buffalo, and it's kind of in the same point spread range. Just judging by my power ratings, I would – Definitely have to look towards the Buffalo side and not going to be looking Carolina way, Carolina's way at all. Um, 
if you have looked at the Roan Sports page, this is my one play I have released. I released it, I think, I don't know if I released it yesterday or, or Sunday. Let me let me check here. It looks like the 11th, so yeah, yesterday. I released it because there's a little bit of steam coming. I got it at 42 myself, but now it's sitting 42 and a half, and then even some 43s are pop, starting to pop up now, kind of as I expect. I think this total is a little weight quite a bit too low. I think it's going to close 44 or maybe even a little bit higher, 45-ish. Uh, with Carolina, I think Cam looked pretty bad last week. He just missed a lot of throws. He just looked like you can tell he just wasn't very – he needed some you know some work and some practice just from not playing a whole lot in the preseason. So I think he's going to play a decent amount better here. But I think Buffalo's going to be a little bit feisty too. They didn't play overwhelmingly great either. Uh, they just didn't have to play that great of a, an opponent. But So I, I think I'm going to see some point scoring here. I like, I like what Tyrod's been doing. Uh, like I said, I think Newton's going to ramp up the offense a little bit. So I like a lot of points here. I, so I strongly lean to the under, or strong play to the under. Uh, the under, to the over. And uh, But uh, yeah, I would take Buffalo with, uh, with the points is where I'd be looking. And I'll see, I don't really foresee his line moving a whole lot. Uh, unless we got some Buffalo money late, maybe from some sharper players. But uh, if you can get a seven and a half at Buffalo, I, I like that a decent amount. That's definitely the way to play it is to uh, tell the game the whole time when you're explaining it in one direction and then come back with a, yeah. I got a strong play the opposite way. So you can <laughs> cut the sound bite either way and be like, yep, right on the money. <laughs> yeah, sometimes uh, I get a little sidetracked with thinking about something else when I'm talking. So. No problem. Uh, yeah, no, I. That's an over, by the way, just to clarify. Yeah, you're on the over thinking it's going to probably end up up higher, 44 or higher. So, um, yeah, I don't really have a strong opinion on the game. I don't trust Carolina's offense. I think their defense is pretty solid. I don't really trust anything necessarily about Buffalo, and I think the numbers should be right in this range, I guess, 7.5. So, um, yeah, I don't don't feel nearly as strongly about the total as you do. Um, I know you asked me what I thought it should be right when it opened, and I didn't look at the number. I texted back and said 42.5, so I guess I'm more a little bit more in tune with the market there, but uh, hopefully you're right on that one uh, since yeah, why, you released what, it already. The 40, I'm still confused where the 42.5 is coming. I just don't I don't get it. I don't trust. Carolina's offense is it just it's, it, it's pretty hit or miss in terms of like Cam can you know, go down the field and make some big plays, but he can also be pretty inaccurate and struggle quite a bit, so I just don't think they're that high-powered in the offense, and Buffalo just, uh, it was against what a lot of people think is a pretty weak Jets team, wasn't moving the ball that effectively really either, so I don't think their offense is particularly spectacular, but I think both their defenses are above average, and both their offenses are probably below average, so I think, to me, that's right about where the number should be, but um, you know, well, I guess we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really have much opinion at all, so we'll just move on to the next one. Next one, we got uh, New England at New Orleans. Uh, both both teams getting blown out here in prime time. Um, it looks like, looks like New England's laying six and a half on the road with a total of fifty four and a half. Yeah, my guess here: New England minus five and a half. Power rating: New England minus six and a half. The opener had Westgate had New England minus five. Uh, keep in mind, I did these numbers. I think midday. Uh, mid midway through the games the late games on the afternoon games i should say or depending on where you're at on sunday so i I did all these before the sunday night game and the monday night game so it's going to be a little little skewed obviously with new orleans playing monday night but uh that's what they they did open it because what what westgate will do is they'll open it up on sunday night and then monday morning afternoonish and once the game kicks off then they'll take it down is usually how they handle that uh situation um so yeah like i said uh power rating or yeah 
Westgate opened minus five, and then Lookhead was minus six and a half. So it's kind of crazy how they adjusted down a point and a half just from the New England performance because we obviously haven't seen New Orleans play yet. So just off based off their Thursday night performance, they went moved down a point and a half. And just by judging by my power range, I really didn't see that. I don't think they should really be maybe adjusted a little bit down, but I don't think it's going to – like this game specifically, for the long term, I could see adjusting the New England down in your power range. But for this next game against New Orleans, I think they're going to have a chip on their shoulder extra time to prepare going to new orleans in a dome and brady usually has some success with uh indoors so uh, i don't really want to be betting against new england this is what it comes down to in this in this situation with belichick and brady on on, on a revenge game after last week so uh new orleans uh, hasn't looked too great i think that's on monday against the vikings i think a decent amount of that was from the vikings and then some of it was just from new orleans uh their defense doesn't look much better or much improved at all so I think they're going to struggle here. Obviously, have that high total of uh, the 55, which makes sense. And the only way I can look here is New England. But after that Monday night game, it just pretty much got bought up to six and a half, and I'm even seeing a seven at Sportsbook and a few other places. So probably going to go to seven, and I would be won't be surprised if it sat at seven uh, at kickoff. So I'm going to be on the sidelines here, I would think. Yeah, my guess was four for New England on this one, and. Obviously, it came in a little bit higher than that, but yeah, pretty much with you, that's really the only way I'd want to look. I'd, uh, I just think of these two teams, obviously, I mean, it's not going out on a limb, but New England's obviously much more of a quality team, and like you said, extra time to prepare, uh, pretty motivated. Yeah, I mean, New Orleans will be motivated, too, after getting embarrassed uh, last night, but at the same time, if, if I had to put my faith in one team being able to do something about being the motivated and embarrassed, uh, definitely put it in new england side but uh playing six and a half with the especially with their defense as shaky as it was against you know alex smith and a kansas city offense that's not particularly spectacular in their own right uh, it's a little scary to be laying nearly a touchdown on the road too with that kind of defense so uh, it's just hard i mean but then on the, on the flip side if sam bradford's carving up the new orleans defense i can't imagine what the pissed off brady's gonna do so uh, it's just kind of hard. I think no matter which way you make a case for this game, like even the over at 54 and a half, it's just that's a, such a hard number to clear. If uh, even if teams are moving the ball, but the pace is a little bit slower, which is possible with uh, you know both these offenses as much as they throw it, they're not necessarily super up tempo all the time, even though they can be. So um, it's, it's a tough number to clear. Or but they also if you bet it under, <laughs> and they start going up tempo, they can get over that pretty easily too. So it's just kind of almost a uh, you know a conundrum or a paradox of I just no matter what, I think you can make a side basically for any side in this game and that makes it an easy pass for me. Uh, next game, hopefully I'll have an opinion on one of these here at some point. But uh, the next game up we got is Arizona at Indianapolis, and I don't think it's going to be this one. Uh, we got Arizona laying seven and a half on the road with a total of forty-four and a half. Yeah, my guess here Arizona minus five and a half power rating Arizona minus six and a half. The opener was Arizona minus six and a half, and the look ahead was Arizona minus three and a half. Like you said, I I, I don't know how you look at this game. You still don't know who's going to be quarterbacking for Indianapolis, uh, so we'll see what happens. Uh, Palmer's looked pretty bad. I, I I was on Arizona pretty heavy last uh, last week, and just pretty frustrating. I don't I don't know how they lost that game against Detroit. They couldn't score in the red zone at all. It, that score was pretty deceiving. I I didn't have much faith in Arizona the whole time it was they were playing, but the fact that they couldn't get it done is just kind of a huge indictment on them because they they should have won that game they for for sure but it just got out of hand there at the the third quarter and going to the fourth that 
had a turnover, I think it was a pick six early, it led the points, one of the two, and, and then they they just kind of busted it open. But they Arizona couldn't score. Palmer looked pretty awful, and there just wasn't – and then obviously the running back getting hurt as well. So, uh, I, I don't know. Like I said, I, I think this is a pretty easy pass. Stay away and just not watch it, not see what happens. And hopefully Arizona – that's what people picked Arizona a lot on the win total season, win total over, and that's not looking like the best bet right now. It's the fact that Palmer's already having struggles throwing it with not playing much in the preseason and then you know week one that's definitely not uh, a good look for him when he's getting to be uh, so old now so uh, we'll see what happens with Indy but Indy's just such a bad team as well so I'm uh just I guess make it make it a pass yeah I I had my guess was Arizona land four and a half here figuring that off of how bad Carson Palmer's performance looked last week against what I don't think is that great of a Lions team I'm like I don't think they could be laying a whole lot more than a field goal on the road but then again, I guess you look at Tolzien's performance there against the Rams. Uh, they, uh, the, basically, it's hard to imagine any number <laughs> high enough or he'd be really be that interested in taking the Colts. Uh, I don't know how he, I don't know how you could really lay more than a touchdown with Arizona here with how bad Palmer looked for a lot of that game. But yeah, at the same time, how many how many more games do they give Tolzien here? I mean, I don't I don't know how long they keep trotting him out for. Yeah, it's pretty bad. But. But, uh, I mean, anyway, yeah, so it's another game of teams where I just don't really want either side. I mean, I, I think you could almost make a case for, with how bad Indy's defense is, I think you could make a case for the over here, 44. You know, you might get a pick six out of each of them. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the Indy defense might give up 30 themselves. So it, it, it's it, where you can't, it's hard to fade any team that's so clearly bad in the markets when they're, getting seven and a half at home so you almost got to come up with more creative ways to fade them whether that be derivative bets you know with props or or whatnot um and i think here a way you could do it when we're just looking at these main ones is to, to maybe look at an over um just figuring that they gave up what 47 to the rams last week what was it they gave up uh yeah 46 to the rams last week so it's like if they have anywhere near a performance like that against Arizona, plus throwing a couple picks possibilities, um, you know, maybe they get up above that 44. It's going to be inside in Indianapolis. And uh, so, yeah, I, mean, I guess that's probably the way I would look. I don't know if I'll end up getting to the window with it, but uh, I, I can't touch a side. I won't bet a side with your money in this game. So next game up we got is Philadelphia at Kansas City. It's like Kansas City is about a four-and-a-half point favorite. I see one five, two fives there. Uh, about 47.5 the total. Yeah, my guess here, Kansas City minus 3.5. Power rating, Kansas City minus 4.5. Opener at the Westgate and the look ahead were both Kansas City minus 4. So, yeah, a little bit of Kansas City money coming in against Philly. Uh, with with Kansas City, it's an Andy Reid kind of coming off of a half by, if you will, uh, on the Thursday night game. We know how good he is with extra time to prepare. And then Philadelphia, we'll see. Uh, with Wentz looked pretty good on the road last year see how he looks this this year if it's going to be as good and there was kind of he was kind of a mixed bag because flashes are pretty good and also flashes of not so good and we'll see i think it'll be a fun game to watch but i don't know if i i, I just i said this last year i think a lot of them we both did but i just really don't like laying points especially in this range over three anything over three with kansas city and alex smith when they're just kind of conservative they kind of just go in and get the job done type of team and 
not not too explosive, although they were obviously pretty explosive last week. But we'll see if that changes this year or not, if it continues. But I don't know if I'm going to be putting my money on it. So I also don't know if I want to bet on Philadelphia as much either. So we'll see if this line gets too crazy. If it's, if it's going to go anywhere, it's definitely going Kansas City's way. I don't see a whole lot of money coming into Philadelphia unless it was maybe later before kickoff. But I don't know if we'll quite see a seven, but I won't be surprised if it settles in here at five and a half, six range and goes a little bit higher than we're seeing now. But if it doesn't go any, like I said, if it doesn't go out of control, I'll probably just be on the sidelines, but at least it'll be a good game to watch. Yeah, I, I, my guess was Kansas City three and a half here. I thought that uh, Kansas City's probably a little bit better of a team than Philly, but I don't think they're too far apart by any means. So I was kind of surprised to see it. Uh, you know, already trending into the five range. Uh, I think the most interesting matchup in this game is just kind of the motivational battle where, I mean, obviously both these teams are off a win here. You have Kansas City taking down New England, which in prime time to open the season, it's kind of a, a huge game for them that, you know, they've been looking forward to forever. So is there any kind of a letdown here? You wouldn't, you wouldn't think so when it's this early in the season, but, you know, it is kind of hard to not just naturally – uh, let down there and then of course Philly plays one of their division rivals that's been handing it to them the last few years and and they come through and beat them so it's like that's not it'd be nice if there was uh you know an opposite motivational spot here but the fact that they're both not in huge letdown spots per se but a little bit um it's kind of interesting to see you know either team could come out fairly dead here and it wouldn't totally shock me but that being said I think this is a little high um I'm interested in Philly but not like you said with Andy Reid a little bit extra time to prepare off the Thursday night. Um, you know I think that might cancel out the slight motivational edge from Philly's perspective, and and it is a team where like you said with Wentz, it's I like him a decent amount, but he does have even last week he played had a couple amazing plays, but a couple bad plays he had are a little worrisome too if you have him in a spot where he's forced to come back. Uh, I he's not a quarterback that I have full confidence in yet but I think that's the way I would look their whole team looks pretty solid overall so if it gets up especially like the six range then I would uh, almost for sure be betting Philly but I I might get a small bet down on them even in the five range here next game up we got is Minnesota at Pittsburgh uh, looks like Pittsburgh's down to six point favorite and a total of 45 and a half here yeah um, Pittsburgh my, my guess here Pittsburgh minus six and a half power rating Pittsburgh minus five and a half Westgate open Pittsburgh minus seven that was also a look at line as well I don't know I think this line's a little too high I mean, clearly that's what the market's showing now a little bit of money coming on Minnesota just from uh probably a lot to do with last night's performance like I said my guesses and the, the look ahead or uh, sorry the opener from Westgate are all before the Monday night game so Minnesota looked about as almost as good as they possibly could uh, Monday night football in front of everybody that early early Monday night game. So that was good to see as a Minnesota fan. But from a betting perspective, uh, it's kind of a buy high type of thing uh, opportunity. I don't know if Bradford. I think might, might be his best game he's played in his career in, in the NFL. And the defense didn't look overwhelmingly great by any means. It wasn't, but it was definitely a really solid performance and definitely pretty good. So. All in all, it was a good performance, great performance by Minnesota, and then and then Pittsburgh kind of looked pretty bad, just skating by Cleveland. So I don't know, but I don't want to. I'm not going to be betting against Minnesota right now, but I also don't. Like I said, I think the value is kind of taken out. And at seven, I, I I was liking seven. I was debating whether I'd make it a play, but the problem is before that Monday night game, it's not widely available, and I don't really want to 
skate by with picking numbers that aren't really you, you can't really get so wait till after the monday night game and you know, now that it's down at six six and a half i don't really see a whole lot of value and i don't really see his line moving a whole lot but definitely be looking minnesota's way i would think yeah yeah that's kind of i my guess on this one was pittsburgh five and a half um i thought it was definitely a little high i actually did buy a little seven myself but like you didn't really feel good about releasing it just because you know everyone didn't really have a necessarily have a crack at it so uh feel pretty good about the seven right now but the one scary part is like you, you know kind of you mentioned it too but just when you have a team on prime time everybody watching and they play not quite their best game but they look super impressive and people get excited and then drives the line down versus a pittsburgh team that basically slept walk through a Cleveland game and, and barely hung on uh, as a pretty big favorite. Just from a week-to-week standpoint, it seems like a perfect spot for Pittsburgh to come out with their hair on fire and Minnesota to potentially let down a little bit. Uh, you know, the only nice part about that is from a Minnesota backer here is maybe it's early enough in the season. You know, it's like they only won one game. Uh, they might, might, not, might not be too fat and happy from one performance against a New Orleans team that isn't necessarily any great team themselves. So I'm not super worried about it, but, uh, and I like the seven just from a number standpoint, I think at six, I would still lean Minnesota. Uh, it's, there's the type of team with the solid defense. Like we talked about last week is a little scary, even though they ended up covering fairly easily. They're a team that's scary to lay points with, but like you said, with Kansas city this week as well, but you know, catching points specifically, up in the six, seven, eight point range. Um, I love teams like Minnesota or Kansas City where they'll play good defense and try to take advantage of some scores here and there and, and keep the game tight um, almost for sure. You know, knock on wood now, <laughs> probably get blown out. But they're the type of team that keeps games close. So points are just, uh, you know, more important. And uh, so, yeah, I think that's the way I would look in this one, uh, Minnesota. Yeah, how many teases, teases are going to be with Pittsburgh, New England, and Baltimore? Uh, it seems like uh, I don't know as much with Pittsburgh after Minnesota's big big win on national TV, but it seems like a lot of people, especially if Minnesota wanted to look as good, if it would have stayed at seven, how many people would have been teasing Pittsburgh down and, and New England down to about a, just to win the game to, as a pick? Yeah, no, absolutely. Those are definitely prime teaser can't. You don't you don't think Cincy there <laughs> get them down to a half? No, but yeah, I. Uh... I agree. I, I think New England will probably be in just about every teaser they write. Yeah, exactly. How do you not? How do you not take them? Uh, even you know, even with New Orleans potentially being a little bit embarrassed, get them down to pick them after they have a little extra time to prepare. That just seems like free money. You, know, you never like to say that, but I mean, my goodness. Um. So the next game up we got is Chicago at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is about seven point favorite here. The total of forty three, forty three and a half. Yeah, here's another power move uh, that went way up. My guess, Tampa Bay minus 4.5. Actually, no, this one didn't move. I was just low on it. Never mind. Uh, guess was Tampa Bay minus 4.5. My power rating was Tampa minus 3. The Westgate opened Tampa minus 6, and the look ahead was Tampa Bay minus 6.5. And, and, yeah, I don't really feel super confident on my power rating here. I think it's kind of just a little bad number I put up, I would think. I, I kind of like somewhere between maybe 4.5, 5 range. I think it is slightly too high here two reasons for that Chicago I think maybe still a little undervalued not that they looked super great last week but they easily they should have won that game against Atlanta and it was a pretty good decent spot for them and a bad spot for Atlanta coming off the Super Bowl hangover first week 
on the road like that. But I think Chicago's got some pieces that they could look you know, a little bit better than they did last year. Glennon looked okay, uh, you know, above average, maybe but nothing crazy. But with Tampa too, I, I kind of want to fade Tampa and Miami this week. It's kind of the first place where I looked when I started my handicap for this week two games, uh, simply for the fact of just how rusty everybody looked coming into this first the first week of the NFL and the fact that they couldn't play because of the you know the rescheduling to go to their bye week for the first week and they got it postponed. I, I think that, that they're going to be a huge, not a huge, but a big step behind from everybody else just not being able to get the full four quarters for all their starters and only having preseason to go off of them and kind of sitting and waiting not being able to play because you can just tell by a lot of these teams you look at cam newton pretty rusty pittsburgh and Roth, Roth look terrible but he definitely didn't look as, as good as he looks at the end of the season and just you know so many different players just by judging by the total uh, totals went 10 and 2 i believe on the under you can just tell that there's so much rust i think that's kind of how miami and, and tampa are going to come out at least the way i would look so, I, you know, like I said, I think I'm a little bit – think Tampa's going to underperform here, and I think Chicago's maybe going to have anything overperform. So that would be the way I'd look, uh, especially if it can get a, a seven. That's almost seen seven across the boards now. So I think it would kind of, kind of be hard not to take Chicago getting seven points here against Tampa coming uh, coming off the preseason. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll have a bet on Chicago by the end of by the end of the week for sure. I might – probably even now that I see you, yeah, quite a few flat sevens there. I don't have to pay the juice anymore. Um, I'll probably end up releasing that tonight there on our own sports.com. So that'll be one of my official plays here shortly before the podcast comes out. I still think Chicago's undervalued. I don't think they're going to be winning a ton of games, but I, like you said, they had every every opportunity to win that game last week, and um, you know they just didn't quite get her done. But uh, I don't think I don't think Tampa's a spectacular team. Basically, I talked about them a little bit last week i'm a little bit hesitant to buy in and i think you do make a good point with the time off you know if this were week 10 and they were resting an extra week that'd be a pretty big positive for them but in this case you know they take week four of the uh, preseason off for the starters and then they take another week off so it's basically been three weeks time here and it's not like they needed the rest by any means so it's uh, hard to imagine they don't come in a little bit rusty and out of sync and and chicago is playing pretty solid ball last week so they don't have to win the game. They just got to keep it within seven, and especially they jump out on them early. That's going to be a tough number for Tampa to cover. So um, I like Chicago quite a bit in this game, and like I said, that uh, will be a release of mine. So that was the last of the early games. Looks like there's eight early games this week, and it looks like there's actually five afternoon games. Yeah, at least so we that's got some late games. Yeah, so that's pretty good. Uh, maybe the uh, schedule makers are listening to us a little bit here after we've been harping on that every week, but. As balance-wise, that's way more fun to watch. Uh, I won't have to – I remember last year when I got the ATV set up here down in the basement, and there's a bunch of times where I had to leave one game off. It's like that's kind of a shame. So now I can get all eight of them on and, and of course, all five of them in the afternoon. So Hard, hard knock life. Looking, that's right. Looking forward to it. So first uh, afternoon game we got here is Miami at the Chargers. So the Chargers are about four-and-a-half, five-point favorites with a total of 45 or so. Yeah, my guess here, Chargers minus 3.5. Power rating, Chargers minus 4. And the opener and look at are both at 4 as well. Uh, real quick note, it's kind of funny in yesterday or last night's game, how many, between the refs, the announcers, pretty much the analysts, and pretty much everybody would call them San Diego. Like, it was kind of funny how ridiculous that was. And, and people would say, and they wouldn't even get, I figured, like, oh, someone's going to catch them or behind someone in the room, uh, media room would catch them and, you know, talk to their mic or something like that. But, I think Scott Van Pelt afterwards, I think he might have said it five times right after the recap of the game. 
San Diego, San Diego, San Diego. And it's just like pretty funny. Even the referee, I think the first call, he said timeout San Diego. And it's, it's pretty, pretty funny to hear, but anyway, yeah, even, even along that same note, even worse than that, when I'm looking at them and, you know, schedules and odd screens and whatnot, where they just have LAC, I keep saying Clippers. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. I've <laughs> done that even too. more embarrassing. Yeah. But uh, wrong sport, but yeah, exactly. Uh, Philip Rivers signed a contract with the Clippers and started yeah, point guard. LAC. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so back on the handicapping track, uh, I don't know, like just by my power ratings and everything else, it seems like it's kind of where I where I think it should be, maybe tad high with uh, the Chargers. It would be interesting to see if they would have if they went to have that comeback at the end, which really wasn't much to do with them. It was more just Denver, Denver flaws of turning the ball over and just mistakes they made to get them back into that game. So it'd be interesting to see what the where this line would have gone if that wouldn't have happened. It just would have been a dead game, which most people thought it was after by halftime. And I would be willing to bet that it'd be closer to three as opposed to closer to, closer to seven or you know six or whatever. So which is kind of ridiculous. I don't think the Chargers did anything differently to deserve that. So it's just kind of funny how the market reacts to something like that uh, from what they saw, even though it's not really deserved. So, yeah, like I said, I think the total 45, 45 and a half seems about right. And, and the, the spread here, four and a half, five, I think maybe be a tad too high. But just like I said with uh, Tampa, I don't really want to be back in Miami here with thinking they might be a little bit rusty, but definitely not laying this point range with uh, the Chargers. So makes it a pretty easy pass for me. My question is, do you know um, offhand, has is, is Cutler had any playing time with the Dolphins at all? Like real, yeah, against another team? I, I don't believe so. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so either. I was just looking, and it looks like week three, that, um, I guess week three through eight passes. Oh, okay. So, I don't remember. And then I, that I was, was a preseason, that day, yeah. of course. And then uh, in week four, then they didn't have men at all in week four, so. Basically, he's had maybe two series to with the Dolphins. So, like you said, with the potentially fading Tampa and Miami after they got their game canceled last week, it's hard to imagine, even though I'm, for the most part, a fairly big Cutler fan, it's hard to imagine him not being pretty rusty when he's had no OTAs, no training camp, and just a handful of practices with the Miami squad. Even though he's familiar with Adam Gase, it's still hard to imagine there's not going to be a little bit of a learning curve there. Um, I, I I guess this one at uh, the Chargers three and a half, figuring that they're fairly even teams, and you just give it uh, a half point there to the Chargers. But when I thought about it a little bit more, and factoring in the whole Cutler situation and the team not having played last week, um, I think this, I think this number's pretty spot on here at four and a half, five, somewhere in that range. No, I, uh, I think if you get play this game later in the year, I'd be pretty tempted to take Miami. But as it stands now, uh, I think this is probably a pretty easy pass for me. And I also didn't. I went to sleep at halftime of that Chargers Denver game just because it was so so freaking late here that uh, I needed to get a little little shut eye in. So I didn't quite catch the end of that. I watched some highlights and whatnot, but uh, you know, don't have quite a good for a feel of how legitimate or fraudulent that comeback was as you. So. I think I'm uh, going to be locked into this game a little bit more this week and try to get a little bit better feel for both these teams. Next game up we got is the Jets at Oakland. Uh, looks like Oakland's 13.5, 14 point favorite with a total of 43.5. Yeah. Um, I guess here Oakland minus 12.5, power rating Oakland minus 9.5, the Westgate open 14.5, and, and the look at was 15.5. 
but that was a little it, it's interesting because i watch the lines that's why i like to get after my power ratings everything mid to mid game of those afternoon or of those afternoon games just for the fact that that's usually when the lines are posted and the books start popping up with them and betonline.ag or sports betting same book they uh usually the first ones at least last week to release them and they they open this game i think it was well, let me double check I, if i remember right i think it was about nine yeah exactly that's what it was nine at uh four o'clock pacific time on uh, sunday and then they just moved it all the way up to nine nine and a half to ten and then it, it must have took it down or even got it or a steam moves it moved up to 13 so it's i don't i was kind of seeing that number i was like i don't surprise it's so low but it was watching all those numbers i had my power ratings were kind of a little bit off of what the numbers were showing up and it was kind of funny as the day went on i basically just kept molding right to where my power ratings were going I, almost every game was going right the, the same direction my power range works except for one or two so it's kind of funny to see that but uh yeah obviously that keeps moving up and it's continued to move but yeah i don't think we need to talk about this game a whole lot uh kind of a low total so it'll be interesting to see what oakland does if they have with their offense against that jets defense but um yeah i definitely don't really want to get involved this game side or total with this uh huge point spread yeah i mean the jets are obviously a terrible team and Oakland's pretty solid, but yeah, it's hard to imagine. Uh, I mean, uh, what at Oakland last week it was twenty six sixteen, so it wasn't like a, a huge a bunch of scoring in that game. But I think Oakland's definitely an over team. I'd say they're basically a dead nuts over team. And the Jets, they didn't have a particularly high scoring game last week either. Uh, their game was what twenty. 21-12, but so if you look just look at the scores from last week, you'd say, oh yeah, you know this, this should be a low number. But um, then the Jets, I don't think they're really good on offense or defense. So who knows what you're going to get from them? But I think the, the Oakland's just a dead nut over team. So 43 and a half seems pretty low here to me. Um, I'm probably be probably dabbled on on the over by the end of the week if if not fully in on it. So I think that's the way I would look anytime you get these type of games uh, with bad teams like that. Instead of trying to guess whether they're going to get a backdoor cover or not at the end of the game to cover the 14, uh, I think it's better to, unless you really like the dog or you think the dog is a little bit more alive than the market's given credit for, I think it's kind of better to look in other directions. And I think in this this game, I kind of like the over a little bit. Next game up is uh, Washington at the Rams. Looks like the Rams are two and a half point favorites with a little bit of juice. Uh, 46 the total. Yeah, my guess here was the Rams minus one. My power rating was Washington minus one. And the opener, the Westgate, was the Rams minus two and a half. And the look ahead was a pick. I was kind of shocked to see this one, to be honest. I I thought it was going to be in the pick one range, two at the most, uh, for the Rams. Now you see two and a half pretty much across the board and then some threes popping up. And like I said, I, that's the one I had circled on my on my my spreadsheet here of Washington is the way I want to look and, and get a bet in. And I was about to put it in, but cause I just figured there's no way it can get much higher. But from a few things I've listened to and just looking at the markets <laughs> indicator, it looks like it's going to three. And I, I'm kind of surprised by that. It, the fact that just the look at a line, line alone will tell you how it was a pick and now it's open two and a half. So the fact that it's two and a half points, I don't know if that's well, Washington or Rams, that but drum, drumming that Colts team. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, so obviously, uh, me, I always like you know, buying uh, buying low and selling high type of deal, and that's kind of what you're doing on both these teams. And uh, like I said, buying buying low on Washington and selling high on the Rams. And uh, everyone's saying how they're going to be a, a above average team and a nine and seven team and going to the playoffs. And it's just like I 
I don't know if they watched the same game as me, but it's like, are you really going to give them that much stock after game one against Indianapolis? It's like, I'm not, and I'll tell you that much, but clearly the market is. So uh, I'm going to be looking Washington, and I like this play probably the out of the spread bets uh, on the sides. I think Washington's probably my biggest play I like here. Um, might have to sniff that for a pick of the week, if but you know the number is at two and a half still, so we'll see. But like, like I said, definitely looking at Washington, and I think they're going to be kind of regress a little bit after, and, and that score is pretty misleading against Philadelphia last week. I don't, I think it was a pretty close game, and even if that one pick six that Cousins threw at the end of the game there, that was a pretty bad call in my opinion uh, against them. To that that it stand that stood, I think his arm was definitely moving forward, and, the, and that was, I think that's pretty lucky for Philadelphia. And I wouldn't have been surprised at all if Washington would have that would have been a huge game swing if they had a pick six, return for a touchdown, basically the game's over, and then they overturn that, and then Washington goes down and scores and wins and covers. And I was waiting for that with a Philadelphia in my pocket, so uh, luckily it didn't happen. But I think moving forward this week, I don't really take a whole lot away from Washington. There's definitely some red flags, but I don't think it's I don't think a Rams team is going to be able to uh, you know beat take advantage of what their their red flags were from last week or what they have going forward. So like I said, I I like watching here decent amount and if I can get a flat three I'll definitely be releasing it as a play if maybe even at two and a half. Yeah, I pretty much agree with you for most of the reasons you stated. Uh, I think I, I don't love Washington and that's a deal where if you look back at the end of the year or at the end of the week and kind of grade your picks and Washington uh, you know, get, gets drilled here or loses pretty handedly. I wouldn't be totally shocked, as I think they're they could be a lot weaker than, um, you know, than I potentially think or than the markets maybe even give them credit for. But as of right now, with the information we have and the uh, possibilities, you know, the set of circumstances that could play out, uh, I think this is great value on Washington. It's uh, my guess on this one was the Rams minus one, and I kind of like Washington there. And let alone here getting either two and a half at plus money or or a flat three, hopefully by the end of the week. I definitely think Washington's the way to go. I don't think you can really upgrade the Rams at all, other than run through that uh, that the Colts team. So then, yeah, how bad do you feel about Washington's loss? And it's like they basically were not in a total coin flip with Philly, but they. They definitely had a chance to win there at the end, and uh, they they didn't look spectacular, but they didn't look awful. So, uh, I think going into the year, this line would definitely be significantly less. So, I don't think anything's really changed that much to warrant this kind of move. So, I'm with you. I'll I'll have a bet on Washington here by the end of the week. Uh, if it probably a little bit heftier of a one, if it can get to all the way to three, and I can take that plus three, because then there's I feel like a yeah, a pretty good percentage more of the games where you're going to get a push than getting nipped by half point. But either way, even the plus two and a half, the plus money, I, I take that too. So we'll both be rooting them on here. So let's go Redskins this week. Uh, next game we have is Dallas at Denver. Looks like uh, Dallas is about a two-point favorite and a total of 42 or so. Yeah, I just want to say real quick about that last game. I think that overreaction, that's what they call overreaction week after week one. It's kind of here, even last year, you had what, San Francisco, is that last year or is that two years ago? They beat, just manhandled the Vikings on Monday night. Was that was that last year? Last year, the Niners beat the Rams 28-0. Oh, and then right? the year before that, they beat the Vikings like 21-3 or whatever it was. Oh, okay, yeah. But and then I think last year was when Tampa Bay beat Atlanta, Atlanta and that's when everyone yep. was calling for Atlanta's heads and saying, oh, this is the Tampa Bay team's not that good, and they were kind of maybe undervalued last year, too. That was at the start of the season. And and then 
everyone's calling for Atlanta. Like, oh, they're not that great of a team. So basically, I just definitely don't overreact a whole lot. We'll wait and see what happens week two, week three, and then moving forward. But I definitely, like you said, don't take a whole lot uh, from the Rams' victory against the Colts. But, yeah, we don't have to belabor that anymore. But, yeah, so this Dallas-Denver game, uh, my my guess was Dallas minus one, power rating Dallas minus two and a half, and that's what the opener was as well. And the look-ahead line is Dallas minus one and a half. So, I mean, yeah, what do you really do with this game? Uh, laying less than a field goal on the road with Dallas or, you know, Denver, basically taking Denver with the defense and getting a few points. Uh, I think it's pretty simple. I'll look at Denver if it gets to three, which it might happen. We'll see, but I'm not I'm not really convinced it will. I think maybe two and a half is where I'll settle in at. Uh, but I don't really want to take Dallas at two and a half, and I'm not sure if I want Denver only getting two and a half points. I think they need a little bit more than that with their – a little bit of a shaky offense and even the, you know, that inexperience of the head coach and stuff. You can kind of see that in Monday night's game when some turnovers and just the whole, the whole staff. So like I said, we'll see if we can get to three and then maybe we look for a play there, but that'd be the way I'd be looking is Denver if it gets to three. Yeah. I mean, we, we don't, we haven't talked about this at all really before, but I basically agree. If it gets up to three, I might be intrigued by Denver, but like I said, I don't have a great feel for Denver since I didn't watch uh, the second half of that, Monday night game so um yeah I don't really have a strong opinion on Dallas for the most part either I think they're probably pretty properly rated in the market at this point um to kind of go back to a little bit what you're saying with the um with one of the, like the biggest challenges here going into week two is to try to figure out when not to overreact and when to gain value by reacting quicker than the markets so by is trying to figure like extrapolate teams' performances and think, okay, well, what's a trend and what's a mirage, and if you can jump on board teams that are either way worse than people thought going into the season or way better, <clears throat> you can gain some value doing that. But at the same time, you got to be a little bit careful of overreacting and and uh, you know because a lot of times, and especially in football, when there's so few games and teams, there's a fair amount of parity for the most part. One team can come out and look spectacular, and the next week just be awful, and vice versa. So uh, you want to be careful, but at the same time, if you uh, start to see some trends here, especially uh, after a few weeks that are undervalued in the markets, you can you can find some some opportunities to make a little bit of money. And I think that's kind of what I'm looking for. You know, with the Chicago thing is I just think they're still a little bit undervalued, and it hasn't really changed per se. But I think at some point that's going to come down a little bit and uh, that'll be more in tune with what the market should be and then they'll lose a little bit of value there. But until that happens, I'm probably going to keep riding them as where on the opposite side, the Rams has already been moving and I think that's not really warranted yet. So hopefully that'll be a little chance where we can gain some value back the opposite way. But like I said, that's in week two here, that's basically the, uh, the challenge is to figure out what's warranted and what's not. Yeah, I think I heard some beeping in my, my right earphone there from meeting you backing into Concept Corner, it seems like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically it's uh, pretty much, yeah, it's its own little uh, side Concept Corner here for week two. I don't have the sound um, light on me, so I, I should have should have played it. But <laughs> All right, so the uh, last of the afternoon games we got is San Francisco, San Francisco Seattle, uh, 13 and a half uh, Seattle with a total of 43 or so. Yeah, my guess here is Seattle minus 12.5, power rating Seattle minus 13, opener was Seattle 12.5, and, and look ahead was Seattle 11.5. I, I don't know, I don't really need to talk much about this game, I don't think. It's not not too good to watch. I think Seattle kind of got a chip on their shoulder coming home against the 
the 12th man they got on their back, and then they're going to be playing San Francisco with a Hoyer-led offense. And, you know, obviously it doesn't take much uh, insight to figure out that this would be a Seattle-dominated game, and it's just a matter of how much. And like you said a little bit a few games ago about the backdoor cover. So I don't even know if I want to take San Francisco at this point, uh, getting 13 and a half even. I don't know if it's necessarily not enough, but I don't really want to back San Francisco until they show me something. So we'll just be on the sidelines here. Yeah, I don't know. I like Green Bay. Uh especially if they can get to a full three here. Uh, I think there wasn't, yeah, it wasn't a super impressive performance against Seattle, but I just think uh, Green Bay is the better of these two teams. And uh, it's not a particularly great spot for Atlanta either after getting a win on the road and then coming back home here. Uh, I think they will be a little bit motivated opening up their new, their new stadium, their uh, Chick-fil-A-less stadium there on Sunday. But uh, I just, I, like I, part of the reason I, bet on Chicago last week was fading Atlanta after the, the Super Bowl collapse and, and losing Shanahan. I s- still think that's going to be a factor you got to consider with them going forward. I'm just not really too high in Atlanta this year. So give me a team like Green Bay getting a full three, or uh, maybe even two and a half, but probably not. Uh, probably more so getting a three would be pretty intriguing to me. Uh, but even, even if I don't get involved in this game, because this isn't a particularly spectacular spot, uh, to bet against Atlanta or on Green Bay, I'll just kind of, as a spectator, be hoping that uh, my kind of my preconceived notions of who Atlanta is is confirmed, and uh, then going forward, people might give Atlanta a pass for, you know, even though they lost or didn't look particularly good, uh, it's, uh, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt since it was against Green Bay. It might be the best team in the NFC, and we're gonna still going to keep them power-rated highly, and the markets aren't going to fall and short Atlanta yet um, then I can come back and bet against Atlanta either next week or, or sometime in the future when it's a little bit better spot to bet against them so that's kind of my analysis of this game uh, probably won't be involved but it should be a fun one to watch and like I said hopefully uh, keeping up with the value on Atlanta to bet against them going forward finally we got the uh, the Monday nighter uh, Detroit at the Giants looks like the Giants are about three and a half point favorites and a total of 43 and a half yeah, my guess here, Giants minus three, power rating Giants minus two and a half. The Westgate opened Giants five and a half, but then they that was like the first opener they put up, and then they took it down. And then, I'm not sure, because a lot of this has to do, most of the books have them down, so I don't even know if that's a true opener or not. I don't know if I necessarily would want to call it that. Uh, and a lot of it's just because of the OBJ being out and not really sure if he's going to be playing or not. It's kind of ridiculous i think a little bit that he's going to fluctuate the point spread that much or putting a game on the board or not but that's from all i can see that's pretty much the only reason i can see why they didn't have this game on the board sooner so um because even even yesterday they didn't really put it on the board at all uh they just recently put it up and like you said it's three and a half four right now and that's pretty much most of the books i see hoping it up about four and a half or four so i think that's probably closer to the opener but whatever pick your poison what you want to go as but like it's seen, like I'm seeing, it's going closer to uh, Detroit is where they opened it than the, the original opener, five and a half, which is kind of what I agree with. I might be a tad low on my power rating at two and a half, but clearly I'm going to be looking Detroit's way. But it's it's kind of another tough tough game after New, after the Giants getting kind of embarrassed on national TV against their rival and then Dallas, and then you know Detroit taking care of business pretty good against a highly regarded Arizona team. It's kind of another buy buying high with Detroit and, and uh, with the Giants are kind of on the low end. So 
no, I don't know, but I just don't know if I want to lay points right now at the Giants because they could be a potentially really bad team, like a really really bad team, uh, at least way underestimated what they should have been or underperform what they should should have predicted. So. I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Like, like I said in a few other games, this might be a good one to watch, but I don't know if I definitely even want to have any money involved at all. Uh, well, and we'll see where the money comes. I'm really not sure on this game. I don't really see a whole lot of movement either way. I kind of see it sitting right here at maybe three and a half close or maybe a four. So we'll see what happens. And uh, like I said, uh, enjoy the, the two primetime games. But I don't know if I'll have a whole lot of uh, on money on the, the Sunday night game and the Monday night game. Yeah, I want no part of road lions especially after that win i don't really like the team that much in general and i don't really feel like laying more than a field goal right now with the giants because even though i think value wise this isn't a terrible number at three and a half or anywhere in there um it's just after how putrid they were last week it's hard to tell if the market's expectations of how good they are and my expectations of how good they are which i'm not super high on them but i definitely think they're an average to above average team which it would be a pretty good price here against this Detroit team that I'm pretty down on. Um, it's just maybe those were off, and uh, you know this this is somewhere in between what the number would be ten weeks from now and and what the market expectations were coming into the year. Uh, we just don't really know yet, but I also don't feel confident enough that they're going to rebound. Uh, I'm not a big fan of McAdoo or Eli, so um, you know I just for me this is a pretty easy pass. I don't really can't really talk myself on either side and. No reason to force action when there's definitely some better opportunities on the board. So uh, that's the end of the games there. Got through every one uh, week two. And uh, so now it looks like uh, it's about the end of the podcast here. And uh, coming off uh, both of us getting our pick of the week home last week, looks like it's time to do our uh, picks of the week here. The AS Pick of the Week. All right, so I still got the tee box. I think what I'm going with 11 strong now or 10 strong, somewhere in that range. Who's counting? <laughs> I know, you kind of lose track, I'm, and I'm not the best at math. Um, so I guess uh, I'm up first again. I could uh, snipe that Washington pick from you, but uh, I, think, I think I've kind of already mentioned it a couple times. I'm going to go back to the old tried and true that got me there from week one. Go to uh, back to the take... well? That's right. The, that, that well's deep in Chicago. Uh, hopefully it's a little bit deeper. I'll take uh, the Bears getting seven at Tampa. What? Uh, where are you looking here? Yeah, to me it's pretty easy between two, uh, between that over in that Buffalo-Carolina and between that Washington-Rams game. And uh, I don't know. It's tough. I I think I already released that Buffalo play. So I, I guess I'll probably just I'll just take – Ah, but it's just hard to take the two and a half when I feel like it's going to be closing at three. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna take that over in that Buffalo Carolina game. I think uh, 42 and a half looks like it's widely available. I would think so. I'm gonna take lock in 42 and a half Buffalo Carolina over. All right, that sounds good. Well, thanks for uh, jumping on the pod here and breaking down these games. Best of luck to you there in, in week two, Rob, and and hopefully uh, we can come back with a couple winners and some good information to keep going forward here and keep building those bankrolls thank you for listening to the Arone sports podcast check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs including automatic bet tracking mobile notifications free picks and more